you're tuned into Decay Mag Podcast Online source for horror, thriller and sci-fi entertainment news Good morning, good evening, good afternoon My name is Ken Artuz, your host, founder for DK Mag And joining me for Season 7, Episode 7 is... Init R2's content contributor for DK Mag, and don't forget to listen to our podcast on Google Music. Stacy Cox, staff correspondent for DK Mag. We're on Stitcher. Be sure to rate and review DK Mag on Stitcher rating and review, and help us rank. And you could catch DK Mag podcast on Google Music, iTunes, Spotify. Tune in, and of course, we are across all social networking platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at DKMAG, D E C A Y M A G, DKMAG. And in this episode, we gotta change it around for a bit, gotta kick it off with some movie news, and then we're gonna have a couple of open topic discussions. First one would be on reboots, remakes, and why is Hollywood fixated with it? And our second topic would be symbolism in horror films, the occult. Is it the occult or artistry? Hmm, interesting. But without further ado, let's kick it off with the segment one. Segment 1 Movie News, Pet Cemetery Reboot Getting Cast As we all know, Hollywood is continuing doing reboots. Enid, Stacy, have you heard that they're making a reboot for Pet Cemetery? Uh, that's like, what, 1983 this film came out? Not really. I don't know, Stacy must have heard of this. You said you heard of this, right, Stacy? No, I, this is my first time hearing about it. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Pet Cemetery is getting a reboot, and the directors for the movie Starry Eyes, which is Dennis Wildmeyer and Kevin Kalsh, uh, these guys did a fantastic job. If you haven't seen Starry Eyes, do check it out because it does have to do with Hollywood and the occult and giving up your soul in order to become famous. It's pretty bugged out. Really? Yeah, you remember we seen that movie? Yeah, Starry Eyes. Right, yeah. <clears throat> so they're gonna direct Pet Cemetery, and so far, Jason Clark, actor Jason Clark, he was John Connor in the Terminator, the last Terminator movie. So he is in negotiations to star as the Doctor, and uh, yeah, so right now they are in negotiations and progress is underway so if you're not aware uh, what Pet Cemetery is about it is about a doctor who moves his family out of the big city to the country he discovers that there is a pet cemetery that rests on an ancient burial ground and when his toddler dies in a car accident he buries his body in the cemetery and this poor little boy, he resurrects in demonic form. So, Stacy, what do you think about this reboot? Well, um, 
I do know that uh, I did love I did love the movie Terry Eyes and I thought it was done really well. So um, there's that. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> another another I feel like instead of another uh, like Stephen King adaptation reboot, it would be more than just like adapt other you know, stories that Stephen King has out there. That's, I guess that's just my opinion, honestly. I mean, this is, <laughs> it, it just sounds so silly when, okay, that cemetery has already been made. It was a great film. I mean, I know I, I didn't hear about it and watch it until like later on, like not too long ago, actually, you had me watch it for the assignment, but I feel like why make a reboot of a reboot or not a reboot but a reboot of a film right you know like I feel like Stephen King has tons of work that can be adapted from yeah he has so much Stephen King has volumes of content even short stories which for filmmakers out there he has short stories that if you're a filmmaker you want to start out you could take this short story for free he's he puts it out there just as long as you don't make a profit off of it you can make a film off of these short films put them in festivals or whatever and you know just showcase the story in your vision so he has so much stuff. So why make a reboot? Especially if Pet Cemetery was so good the first time. Just leave it alone. Yeah, I mean, imagine. Yeah, I agree. Imagine you're waking up and all of a sudden you see your cat that was dead and now it's alive. So, yeah. I mean, they should leave it alone. I like the first one. Why bother remaking? Right. It's- but... That is our topic today, reboots and remakes. Yeah, Hollywood, I tell you. I n- I have I've seen Pet Cemetery bits and pieces. I had never seen the movie from beginning to end, never. Never. I have. I no? seen it. No, I haven't. Have you, you seen it from beginning? Well, have you seen it, Stacy? Well, yeah, I have because remember you had me um watching for that remember when they made the uh the path to pet cemetery oh right i watched the active movie before yeah so i watched it before that assignment and i loved it it was great and the path to pet cemetery was actually very insightful you know but um but yeah i watched the beginning to the end and i thought it was great you know that's why i'm just like like these i feel like the only time a reboot is called for is maybe if a film is so old to where it can use an enhancer but then again I wouldn't even call it a reboot it's more so of a digital restoration or something like that <laughs> yeah but how many times have we seen films the same way that the house is built on an ancient burial ground or a cemetery oh, yeah. on an ancient... it's just so played out so even if Pet Cemetery was good then I don't think it's going to be good now because we've seen so many films that have the same thing over and over and over and over. What was that last one with Kevin Bacon? Remember? Uh huh. Kevin who? 
Kevin Kevin Bacon. He Who? was in a horror film. Who? Kevin Bacon. Who? You know, whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, you talking about um I, I think you start with the uh the big man eat worms, right? No, and no. Is that what you're talking about? Because that's the, <laughs> oh, that's the only horror film I know with Cameron Bacon. It's the big man eating worms. No, like he was. He, I think it came out last year or two years ago. The name escapes me. Tremors? No, not Tremors. No, it was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Tremors. tremors. <laughs> but it was one that his family, his, his son took an artifact from an ancient uh, Indian site. He brought it home and all these shadow creatures came into the house. I mean, it's just so played out already with this ancient hmm. burial ground type haunting and all this stuff. It's, I don't think it's going to work. Nah. And if they make it, let's talk about it. It was fantastic in comparison. Uh, yeah. You see? So, it, yeah. you know, we don't know. We don't know how the reboot would be. You know, we don't know. We... Yeah, the reboot of it was actually very well done. It was. Right. And, and considering for those who haven't seen the first one, like me, I think this new one looks much better. So I would have to watch the old one and compare it. So You have to but watch part one and two. Just a clarification out there. For those who are confused, the original, it was a TV. It was a TV series. It was more of a TV series than an actual movie. So I'm sorry, but you already know that's my favorite horror movie of all time. So it's like, don't get it confused with the movie. It was a TV series. Right. So does that? <laughs> this is so. Is it technically a reboot if it wasn't a film to begin with? Huh? See. Well, actually, see? no. See, the thing here is like what I've read was that this was actually not a reboot of a TV series. It's a direct adaptation from the book. That's what I've read. It's a direct adaptation from the book. So it's an actual movie adapted from the Stephen King book. It has nothing to do with the TV series. So like the whole get up of Pennywise and everything. And I, and I started reading the book. I didn't finish yet, but like the whole, you know, like I read like it's actually more in conjunction with the book. Because when I first put watching I was like yeah I don't like his new get up but then when I read that it was a direct adaptation from the book then that makes sense and that's how Pennywise's makeup was in the actual book not the TV series uh, so that makes sense it does make sense <laughs> or or that was a very fancy way of saying reboot re <laughs> reboot <laughs> uh, no like I mean <laughs> I just like I and it actually made me go back to read the book and I mean I got it and I started but oh that book is so long I'm like oh why does Stephen King have to make such long my like, huge book <laughs> and then when I tried to do the audio book it was like what did it say something like 48 hours or something no no it was uh how long for the audio book it was uh 45 days for the audio book I'm like what. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm I love you, but you gotta do something about this. You got way too many words in your vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> way too many. <laughs> well, yeah, so 
that's so we ended with pet cemetery reboot it may be good we just don't know when the famous words that need says let's just wait and see and actually there's a set day for this movie for april 19 2019 terminator reboot to emphasize latino talent as we all know, the Terminator is getting another chapter in the series. And this is a franchise that has had many ups and downs during its years. The last film didn't do too good. The producers, directors, creators, everyone was fighting over who owned the Terminator. And that was that. So now that the legal battles were over and someone gained you know access the rights to the film another terminator is being made but what surprises me here is that the cast and the director are more focused on latino actors and filmmakers which great that's 100 percent applause right there and that is something that hollywood should have done long time ago just showcase the african-american community latino community asians you know the the diversity in films horror films science fiction films that's what we should be seeing it shouldn't we shouldn't be waiting 40 50 years to see black panther if this was in the comic books for ages like come on wake up people in hollywood well anyway so far we have a Colombian actress by the name of Natalia Reyes. She's going to be in the film. Also, Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're returning. Mackenzie Davis, she's coming on board on the film. And we have Latino actor Gabriel Luna, who portrays Ghost Rider on ABC's Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. He is going to be in the film as well. And Diego Boneto, Mexican actor he's gonna be in the film as well that's great and yeah so Enid what do you think about this this new Terminator now focusing on Latinos about time new Terminator but you still got the old cast yeah you know Arnold Schwarzenegger is not gonna drop his role you know he can't do that What's the point? I mean, Terminator. I mean, it's awesome that they got these new Latino people coming in, but couldn't they just have thought of something else? Well, you know how the franchise is. They trying to they trying to make the franchise better. That last film was so it was good. Boring, you mean? No, it was it was a good action film. Hey. Yeah, remember we seen it. It was a good action film. But aside from that, the whole storyline was just fucked up. That's what I'm saying. It was good with the action, but the talking and all the other stuff, it was kind of sleepy. Right. So, yeah, Stacy. so wh what do you think about this uh, new Terminator focusing on some Latino talent now? And, yeah, isn't it about time they should be showcasing... Uh, diversity in films that's the whole point here yeah i feel like i am so out of touch when it comes to the 
Terminator franchise. I mean, I've seen up until Rise of the Machines. And I tried to watch, I think that was Genesis, and couldn't get into it. So I'm like out of touch. But I do agree with you that um, it's great that they're getting more diverse. This and the cinema alone is just getting more diverse. But, um,. <clears throat> And one thing I am glad is that Arnold Schwarzenegger as well as Linda Hamilton are reprising their roles. And I wish that something that that would happen more often, especially when it comes to horror cinema. I mean, how many times are we hearing about a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street reboot? And as much as people want, you know, Robert England to reprise his role, sorry, that ain't happening, you know, so. Uh, kudos to that. Kudos to them reprising their roles, and I guess I would look at it as bringing it back to life. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a that's a good sign right there. Right, right, and and this is a franchise. The franchise is good. It's, it has a good story, but if the filmmakers don't do a good job, because remember when you, when you're dealing with time travel movies. There's always going to be confusion in the timeline. And that last movie that was released, it was just, what the hell were they thinking? I mean, the thing that got me laughing was, how does John Connor, well, no, yeah, John Connor, how does he, how does he get a British accent if he was, if he's American? <laughs> how the fuck did that happen? He probably took a trip to London and went and learned some English. I don't know but about you know that. what I wonder if uh, now that it's getting a reboot if they gonna do something with the characters cause now they look much older so are they gonna like put Arnold Schwarzenegger like they did on all the other movies make him look younger and the same thing with um, Hamilton Lyndon Hamilton right so according to the news sources Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger are going to reprise their roles, but they, but their parts. The rumor is that their parts is going to be brief. So, the focus of this segment is Latino actors, right? So, the main role in the new Terminator is going to be uh, la Latino, uh, and that's going to be Danny, who's a young woman of a working-class neighborhood in Mexico City who finds herself in the battle between humans and machines. So, <clears throat> Luna will be playing a Terminator robot while Boneta will play Danny's brother. Davis is a so soldier assassin from the future. So that is the whole structure of this new plot that is coming out. And that's great. So the filmmakers, Tim Miller and James Cameron, they actually went overseas, Central South America, and they were specifically picking Latina actresses for the screen test and to star in this film. So that's that's pretty cool right there. That's a, that's amazing. But Linda Hamilton, how old is she? She's like one in her 50s now, right? Probably 60s. And Arnold doesn't look the same. That's what I'm saying. 
how how is they gonna they gonna look if they're gonna look young are they gonna have a do some type of action some type of fighting is it just gonna be mellow for her since she's older remember linda hamilton's character she did go to mexico remember i think it was a part two yeah she went to mexico so it makes sense that you're gonna have latinos in the film being the central characters because now they could fight the terminator but i hope arnold is not the terminator for long because like i said luna is gonna be playing the terminator robot so we're gonna have a new terminator so yeah that looks good that's interesting oh baby yeah no he needs to retire what what do you think stacy should should they should he retire from this role like they give it a rest already right yeah um <laughs> i don't think he really has it to play terminator again anyway because as you said he's getting older getting ready to retire you know probably can't do that much as far as um physical limitations go so you know what can you do <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Linda Hamilton did a great role, so I'm I'm eager to see this new fresh blood that they have with the cast. Hopefully, this could be a new chapter in the Terminator, and Arnold could just retire from that role because you could only go so far with CGI to see. Or in the last movie, I did not. Hun, how did how do robots age? That that shit doesn't make sense. Remember the film he aged. How does that that doesn't make sense? Well, we could also ask about Bicentennial Man. Remember, he was also a robot that aged. Right, but we're talking about a Terminator. I mean, Robin Williams is not a Terminator. Well, they probably put a little <laughs> wrinkles here and there, you know, in the skin. That since this is not their skin. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. He, he hasn't aged throughout the whole movies now he's gonna age in the last film that does not make sense well I'm, I'm just looking forward to this uh upcoming terminator hope they do good i mean it's a good franchise that's all i can say it's a real good franchise segment two open discussion reboots remakes hollywood's fixation with it Segment two is something that we're going to try out for our upcoming podcast. And it's going to be an open platform discussion on various topics in horror cinema. And then kicking off our segment is going to be the dreaded topic. Reboots, remakes, and Hollywood's fixation with it. We opened up the podcast with the segment on the reboot for Pet Cemetery and here's a perfect opportunity to really weigh in our opinion and of course this is our opinion those listening you got your opinion and this is what causes you know good debate and conversation so stacy i'm gonna put you on the spot what is your opinion here on reboots remakes and all these movies that are coming out of hollywood that's is just reboots and remakes um, I guess in in short terms, I can describe them as annoying, very annoying. 
Um, and I get, you know, when it comes to, especially when it comes to horror cinema, everything, everything that's under the sun has pretty much been done. So now, uh, what's left? You know, to go back and redo it all over again. But I feel like instead of a bunch of remakes and reboots, you know, it's better to just, like, I guess, approach approach these ideas in a way to where it's still creative, it's still innovative. You know, I mean, just because, say for instance, just because vampires have been done countless times, don't mean that they still can't be done, but it's the way you go about it. Instead of remaking Nosferatu, you know, come up with a different take to it, a different twist. That is so true. Inid, I know you love reboots. What is your opinion on this? You talking about me liking reboot? Hell no. <clears throat> anyway. Um, I have quite a few reboots that have gone horribly wrong. And I'm quite sure some of you might agree, might not agree. But Planet of the Apes was one of them. You remember that? Yeah, because it starred uh, Wahlberg. Wahlberg is not such a great actor. Then we also have The Waker Man with Nicolas Cage doing the reboot. Well, of course, Nicolas Cage is a bad actor. Come on, you got to do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> then how about The Mummy? The Mummy came out not last year. Uh, Tom Cruise's career is going down the toilet, you see? Yeah, those are all well Tom Cruise was a good actor not even anymore. even Russell Crowe was there he was Dr. Jerkle and even though he'd been there that shit was still crap yeah but Universal's gonna reboot all of the films you hear this Stacy? they gotta do what Marvel did Universal's gonna do that with all their characters the, the mummy Dracula werewolf so they gotta do what Marvel did and then they gotta put them all in one movie together like superheroes how about Ghostbusters (laughs) (laughs) I can see that being a disaster Uh, that's just a disaster you know why first of all there's way too much material to fit down into one film and what they're gonna do is like what they did with uh, Goosebumps how they took just about every R.L. Stein book out there and converge it into two, into what, an hour and a half? Well, it's like, no, no, it's way too much material for that, first of all. Second of all, it's going to feel rushed. It's going to be rushed. Absolutely. <laughs> don't do it. They don't, they, <laughs> don't well, they're do doing it. it. But here, Need has the perfect reboot that was an utter failure. Which one? The one you got to mention right now. Um, another reboot. How about Conan? No, Conan? No, yeah. you said Ghostbusters. Oh, Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ghostbusters. You know what? Ghostbusters, it wasn't the best remake. No. But it had its moments at the same time. And I guess, I guess that's what I'm looking at in general when it comes to... Uh, Ghostbusters. I'm looking at the uh, hilarious part where she slaps her and be like, may the power of Christ come back. 
Oh was, my that gosh. Was, that was my highlight of the whole movie. And after that, I was like, alright, this movie has life balls. Yeah. How about yeah, the other than that, no. The what? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Well, the, yeah, the Teenage oh. Mutant Ninja Turtles, you see, that's another reboot, exactly. But, you see, you're on the right track, Need. There are so many reboots. Many. I mean, so many. And there is no need to be making reboots. And re How many reboots do we have of Spider-Man? Like, three. How many reboots of Hulk? Three. Two. Something like that. But come on. Really, give it a rest already. Avengers, uh, you name them. No, but King Kong. But if you go to well, Netflix, the are not No, you know I shouldn't say that because I was gonna say, but I, I've only seen like movies that they're making like now. I can't really go far back to the beginning of Marvel and all that because I don't know much about it, honestly. Yeah, well, I think they did three reboots <clears throat> of Spider-Man, two reboots of the Hulk. Yeah. Just, How about Superman? How many reboots have they done uh, of Superman? Come, come on, Superman. But you have you have the good reboots, the very rare. But out of the good reboots, I would say out of one through ten, only two are like spectacular out of ten, because Dawn of the Dead. That was a great reboot, amazing film. They made zombies run. That shit is creepy. Yes. And well, Superman was a good reboot too. It made it more modern, oh. darker. And Batman. Batman was a good reboot oh, as well. Know, Superman is so annoying because as much as I love Superman, how come every they come up with all these movies? It's always a different Superman. It's like, <laughs> come on. It's always a different Batman. Come on. Like, give me a break here. Well, like, that's true. DC is just annoying. They're so annoying because they're so stuck on, you know, Batman and Superman and now Wonder Woman. Like, are you that's serious? another you know, reboot on the woman? Why can't you be like Marvel? You have a whole universe of characters to choose from. Use it. Exactly. Well, and and that's the case here. Uh, if you go to Netflix. I mean, Netflix has so many great films from overseas, from Asia, from Europe, and these films. And when I watch these films, sometimes when I have time, it's like, wow, this is great content. Why couldn't Hollywood do something like this? This is so original. But you know what Hollywood would do? They'll take that idea and guess what? They'll make a reboot, just like they did with Wreck. Great film. And then they made the reboot here, American cast. Fuck the Latinos. That's what they said. Fuck the Latinos, because it came from Spain. No, we're not going to put no Latinos. All Caucasian. And the movie sucked tremendously. Yes. Oh, Hollywood is so annoying. They will whitewash a like, they will. They will take a foreign film, perfectly good foreign film, and they will whitewash it. Like, what the heck is this? Like, and I still haven't seen the, the remake of um, Martyrs. 
still have a TV makeover. Uh, isn't that, that one yeah. good example of what they did? They took Don't do it. Uh, the original Mars <laughs> film. Boy, it was a French horror, right? A French yeah, French horror. Yeah. Watch the original, <laughs> not the remake. <laughs> you know, they, 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 you know, it's like, what the heck are you like? I honestly feel like Hollywood should not even touch horror, honestly. Just leave it alone, please. Like, you just stick to Marvel and DC and comedy. Just stick to that, because that's what you're good at. Exactly. And they're, you know, Smarters is a good one. They fucked that one up, too. Uh, oh, I've read. I haven't watched it yet, but I've read it it's terrible it's terrible it's terrible and like i said out of 10 reboots only two are good and those are the very rare few films that we could say wow that reboot was awesome but how many how many reboots are you gonna do it again and again and again it just doesn't make sense whatsoever and what's so annoying is like they have a list you know they have a list actors they have A-list actors and these movies are so shit. Exactly. Like, how, how do you have some of the best actors in the world? A-list actors and your movies still shit. Exactly. But another whitewashed <clears throat> movie, it went straight to Netflix and most of the community who followed this particular storyline were greatly disappointed. It, first of all, it was whitewashed. And no Asian actors we're in this film death note death note come on original film can't why can't hollywood create something like that death note didn't they do the same thing with old boy i read they did the same thing with old boy right the original old boy um was it asian or japanese right yes and um hollywood remade it and whitewashed they called Yes, that's their problem. They're so stuck on like remaking, you know, foreign horror. Like, why can't you just come up with your own ideas? Well, we cannot come up with our own ideas. America's fine, because we cannot come up with our own ideas. Yeah, exactly. But it's not just foreign. They remade Texas Chainsaw. They remade Friday the 13th. They oh, remade yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> oh, don't get me stuck on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They have completely murdered that franchise. Now, like, have you seen the last one? What was it? Um, what, Texas Chainsaw 3D or something with Trey Song? I'm like, are you kidding me? Exactly. Like, have you seen that one? <laughs> exactly. Horrible. And I look at that. They're going to reboot halloween again which they saying is not a reboot it's a continuation it's a reboot you, you that it's a, re it's that a reboot it's a reboot get out I of here found, um, getting um but um, one good thing is james carpenter is behind it and i found this it says quote unquote 38 years after the original halloween i'm going to try to make the 10th sequel the scariest of them all right so i guess that you know james carpenter is behind it so i'm like well let's see let's see what happens with that <laughs> I, my hopes is not too high whenever there's a reboot my hopes are not high and all i can say is hollywood has so many talent you you said it they have a-list actors they have the best writers money could buy Yet nobody could think of nothing original. 
and you have to leave it to the yeah. overseas market that's that's oh, I mean, yeah actors directors like they have we have some of the best talent out there but yet we still fuck we still fuck what a shame that's all, funny. It, all is. Those it is a shame and mm. it's just amazing how it's like it is amazing how we have this great talent and uh you know cinema entertainment and all we can think of is to remake all these films and it's still crap like really <laughs> really that, that's that all I irony. really it's annoying it's annoying so in our opinion reboot should not be even thought about think about original content hollywood agreed and stay away from horror please <laughs> no more horror coming from hollywood i'm sorry they just can't symbolism in horror films a cultural artistry many of us love horror films that's what we're talking about here that's why listeners are listening that's why readers visit DK Mag. They want to know what's going on in these horror films. Is it good? Is it bad? So on and so forth. But I can take a gamble that many film enthusiasts, horror film enthusiasts, don't take the time to really look at the film and analyze the symbology that is embedded in these films, whether it's science fiction, horror, or thrillers there is always symbology in these films that the film director or writer cinematographer whatever they do these things these symbols or the set design is a certain way and the regular average person won't recognize these symbols won't recognize these patterns but those who know who, what these things mean will immediately say to themselves okay why did the director put that in the film of course we're watching a horror film there's gonna be satanic symbolism and stuff like that i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the little subtle things that is placed in films that people in the know know and i'm not talking about illuminati none of that bullshit no we're talking about symbolism and why is it in horror films, science fiction, and thrillers. Inid, I know you well aware of symbolism. Let's start with the most popular one, duality, the checkerboard patterns. How many times have you seen that in film? I have not only seen that in films, I have seen that in magazines, on videos, on TV. I see it everywhere. And most persons may not know but when you see a checkerboard pattern in a film that means duality that means multiple personalities that means Jekyll and Hyde type persona were you aware of this Stacy? Uh, no actually have you ever noticed in the films that you know especially in the horror film that the characters like a Jekyll and Hyde, like he has a, or she has a, a mental disorder. But then you see the mirror is cracked and they're looking at the mirror and the mirror is cracked or 
broken and you see different reflections on the mirror i know you've seen something like that right well yeah but you know i've never seen jekyll and hyde i've only heard about it ah yeah well that's an, that's another take on duality and the symbolism here is not only do they put the checkerboard patterns to mean duality the broken mirrors to mean duality if you look at movie posters another thing that they do is the one eye symbol i know you're familiar with that stacy oh, right? yeah right i am familiar with that yeah and it's everywhere the check out the last star wars movie all the characters had their own movie poster and all of them had one eye covered I'm a, again we're not talking illuminati and all that bullshit no we're talking about symbolism why are these things in film i just don't get it well it's not only for us for the adult they also have symbolism for children let's talk about disney um we all love the lion king right of course yes well the lion king has the color of the lions and the color were chosen specifically to represent light and dark good and evil interesting you guys didn't know that right that's why um simba is the color that he is right and that's why the other one is darker right so that's one <laughs> another example it's beauty and the beast the lumineers flame Ooh. he's not a candelabra for a reason and the flames ain't just there to provide a comforting source of light. It just actually symbolizes hope. Oh. So when in the movie, when Belle is actually running away from the castle and she slams the door and extinguishes the flame. So it just means hope. That there is no hope. So you see, there's yeah. not only symbolism in, in, in adults, there's also symbolism in children's movie. There's also symbolism on TV, for example, the CBS logo. Right, exactly, the CBS but it logo. It means an eye, the eye of what? The eye, the eye of, uh, uh, the eye of Ra. The yeah. eye of Horus. The Horus, Horus, right, exactly. It's so Egyptian. It's, it's not <clears throat> only, it's not only, it's everywhere. Exactly. You just gotta know where to catch it and where to catch it. Exactly and the whole purpose of this segment is if when you're watching a horror movie science fiction movie whatever or if you see the posters you see the film just don't watch it for the scares and stuff just look at it <clears throat> and see the background what colors were used what dress was the woman wearing if she's wearing a red dress that means she's a sacrifice she's about to be sacrificed she's about to die Th little nuances like that is like okay why why is this film being made like this the, have you heard about the red dress the color red uh stacy no <laughs> but then again i guess i um i unless it's something that's very obvious and like out there i haven't really paid attention to all of that like, if I'm, if I'm watching a film, say I'm watching a horror film, and I'm not really paying attention to the red dress part symbolism, I'm just like, oh, okay, it's a red dress. Right, right. You know. Yeah, and that's most most 
horror enthusiasts, they just watch the film just like that. They're like, oh, they wouldn't think twice about it. But when you watch the film and you see the woman with the wet dress, she dies. So you're thinking, okay, right there was a hint. She was wearing the color red. She was about to be killed. You already know she's about to die. But if you're unaware, like, oh, she knows nothing. Okay. So it's just these little, another thing. A couple of years ago, I interviewed a, a director and after the interview, I'm not even going to name his name because it was off the, off the record. He's a famous director. He, do, he has done a, a franchise of films. And one of the films that he did wasn't part of the franchise. It was something different. It was a thriller. And I had asked him off, off the record, why did you put the checkerboard pattern when the bad guy reveals that he has double personality so you already told the audience that he has a double personality it wasn't revealed yet but just by seeing the floor in his house you gave that hint and then the guy reveals who he is he had a a different persona he was like a Jekyll and Hyde type of person so he just looks at me smiles and just say oh you caught that like really come on <laughs> yeah that's right it's, it just goes to show you they're putting these symbols and it, that's just on the surface that's we could go on and on like the grammy awards and all these other things how the occult is being represented there well look at lady gaga Ex she's the number one the one eye. Well, you see, I guess that's where it goes for me. Like, as far as symbolism, horror, I, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the eye and everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about the Illuminati and after hearing so much about it. I'm looking at stuff like that. That's why I'm like, well, I never really paid attention to the checkerboard and the whole split personality, like, in, in terms of how it relates, you know? I never really paid attention to it. Even, even the poster for the Smurfs too. Have you liked Smurf? Have you looked at Smurfette? No. She has a one eye. Oh, yeah, and she has the fingers in the in a pyramid, just exactly. like just like in the dollar bill. So you exactly. see, it's not they're not only trying to brainwash adults; they also try to brainwash children. Exactly. So yeah. we are it's, fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's just true. It's but true. See, it takes for me to like actually, like honestly, until I read, I forget where I read, um, like take SpongeBob for instance. I just saw it as like a, a just a harmless cartoon, you know. And then I read somewhere that all the main characters in SpongeBob represent, um, what is it? Represents the uh, the seven sins or something like that. I'm like, I'm like, what? And then like <laughs> yes. the same thing with like Scooby Doo and how Shag and Scooby were stoners. Well, that's why they actually sounded like. I'm just like, who has time on their hands to actually sit here? I mean, somebody is really bored to be a to be like, oh, well, SpongeBob is. Or say like Squidward, or take Crab for instance. He's greed, and I'm just like, really? 
whenever I hear SpongeBob, I'm thinking about Seven Deadly Sins. I'm just like, oh, they ruined <laughs> it for me. They ruined SpongeBob. Well, there's SpongeBob. I don't know. And that's a. I like SpongeBob, even though he has his uh, questionable moments. But he's a, he's a funny cartoon. How about the butterflies? Oh, thank you, thank you, Anit. I know I was missing something in the it. MK Monarch oper- operation. Thank you, thank you. See, I almost missed the most important topic. Uh, Stacy, butterflies. What do they mean to you when you see them, like in a poster or in a movie? What did that brings to you? You mean like the um, the the bug butterflies? The butterflies. I guess they. Yeah. I mean, to me, they just. I guess they mean. I guess I would, I would say they mean. Uh, they mean beauty. Oh, that's what I think about when I see butterflies. Well, butterflies have been used in thrillers for many 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 times look at silence of the lambs look at that that latest film uh um i lie here awake i I believe it was called i lie awake something like that it has a picture of a butterfly on the poster butterflies is is another form of symbolism and it has to do with mk ultra um mind programming in which the person that is being programmed against their will the butterfly means that their their persona finds their way they get lost and it comes back to their original state that's that's the mon the monarch butterfly and you will always see that butterfly it always has to do with mental problems psychosis losing one's mind it, it all falls into that realm of how this the the person's being tortured mentally and fragmented but that butterfly always comes back that persona always comes back it, it's this is documented proof it's nothing that is like oh conspiracy whatever and not delving into the illuminati and everything this is actual fact you could find this this has been researched and it's just mind-boggling how it's being integrated into film is perplexing and for those who just see it as a butterfly like oh okay everything has its reason and why it's being put in film but then i have another one the marilyn monroe look blonde and classic which is proof that a woman has been stafford and is no longer has any individuality exactly and you find these type of characters in film and also in real life. Exactly. And Marilyn Monroe, whenever you see a female dressed up in a, a, a animal print, especially a, a tiger print or something like that. Leopard. Leopard. Zebra. That is beta, beta programming, sex symbolism. And you find that a lot in horror films, thrillers, science fiction films, posters. It's just, there's so many things that you need to be uh, made aware of. And when you see why the director's putting it in there, you've got to question why. Hmm. 
Yeah, mind blown. I'm telling you because I was like a lot of stuff I knew was in it a lot, but I never really questioned why. Uh, like if it has to be something that's really out there for me, like if I see that I'm like, okay, that's Illuminati. I already know that. <laughs> so yeah, like I mean, they make a lot of. Um, I, I hear a lot about Jekyll and Hyde. I've never watched any of the movies yet. Um, they're on my watch list, but I haven't gotten around to watching them yet. But um, I like one thing I've always thought about was like the Ouija board. I'm like. Why are they making all these Ouija films? So I kind of had, uh, I kind of questioned like the whole Ouija board. Right, yeah. And it's difficult <clears throat> and hard to separate the symbology with the occult because, of course, you're going to have occult symbolism in horror films. You're going to have Ouija boards, you're going to have black candles, pentagrams. Yeah. Th that's that's standard you you just bypass that there's those little other things that are being put in there as well bird cages for example an empty somebody has an empty bird cage in their home no bird why why is there no bird in the bird cage well that's another symbolism for the person uh, uh their mental psychosis that they're being programmed that they're they're empty shell that they're um locked by someone else and they can't control themselves. It's all these things. It's just mind blown. That's right. Yeah, mind blown. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I definitely learned something new. And now I'm going to, like, every movie I watch, I'm going to be looking for, like, little stuff now. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, one of them. <laughs> one of them I'm also. I'm not even going to pay attention to the movie anymore. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And also, a, a Serbian film as well. A Serbian film. One of the scenes when the uh, when the guy he was having sex with the with the woman. Boy, was it that scene? No, yeah, it was a that scene. And the floor, the whole room is dark. But then you see checkerboard pattern on the floor. See, the little things you gotta pay attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the little things that now. count. And as I said, we don't we didn't even delve into Illuminati or anything like that. But it just goes to show you maybe there's something out there in Hollywood that we don't know. And the only way they could communicate is through these symbols. Just saying, putting it out there. Yeah, we just gotta wait and see. <laughs> well, well, to close it out, starey eyes. Starey eyes, remember we talked about that in the beginning of the segment? Yes. Oh, that movie is awesome. That I, I, I that movie, I think that's what's going on in Hollywood. One one thousand percent. Since we're talking about symbolism, yeah. I think they nailed what it. What about well what about that movie Society as well? Uh huh. Have you guys seen Society? Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We would never get out this film? topic. <laughs> <We're>, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we could go on forever, but yeah, you just got to be aware, pay attention, and just know. <coughs> just like you said, Stacy, you think Illuminati, but maybe it's not that. Maybe it's something else. We don't know.
Segment 3. Trailers First Impressions, The Rain. Meldinger fra Vordingborg, vidner om akutte allergiske reaktioner og respirationsproblemer. Du kan aldrig vide, hvornår verden forandrer sig. Men øjenvidner fortæller, at symptomerne kom efter et voldsomt regn. Men den gør, skal du være klar. Der er noget i regn. En virus. Hvor skal vi hen? Lyd! Lyd! Vi er der om lidt! Kom, 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 kom! I sikkerhed her er jeg den eneste, der kan løse det. In this trailer for Netflix's new Scandinavian series The Rain, it's about a group of young survivors just trying to survive a catastrophe, a catastrophe, or as we call it, almost the end of the world. So I don't want to give out too much. So here's what one of the writers, Janik Tai, Moshal, has to say: The Rain is a story about hope and finding out what there is to hope for when all hope seems gone. It's a story about humanity and what defines us as humans. And it's a story about experiencing everything for the first time in a world where there's no one to tell you how to react. Love, hate, sadness, joy, and hope. So the cast from this series is mostly from Sweden and Denmark. Here's uh, the synopsis that we have on Netflix. The world as we know it, it has ended six years after a brutal virus carried by the rain wiped out almost all humans in Scandinavia. Two Danish siblings emerged from the safety of their bunker to find all remnants of civilizations gone. Soon they join a group of young survivors and together they set out on a danger-filled quest through abandoned Scandinavia. So they set free from their collective past and social rules and group has the freedom to be who they want to be. So in their struggle to survive, they discover, of course, it's a post-apocalyptic post world that there is still love, jealousy, coming of age, and many of all the other problems. So they thought they left everything behind with the disappearance of the world they once knew. So we have the creators is Janik Tai, Moshot, of course, Christian Potalivo, Esbet Toth Jacobson, and we have some of the stars Iben Hajele, Alba August, Lucas Lingard Nensen. So this movie will be released on Netflix on May 4th. So make sure to mark your calendar because I know I will. What do you guys think hey, about yes, rain? Stacey, how do you think about that? The rain sounds original. Um, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I, I guess the story, the story sounds interesting, but it also sounds kind of like long and drawn out, like a soap opera at the same time. But uh, it's one of those. It's one of those where it's really we'll have to wait and see. Right. Um. <laughs> but but like I said before, thrillers, horror, science fiction film from overseas always are always. I mean, the track record is pretty good. I want to say always, but there are few films that are not good. 
and the Scandinavian films or Norwegian films that are currently on Netflix are are pretty good. Uh, like I said, after watching but some see, the of them. But the thing is, this is a series, though. This is not a film; it's a series. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's just what makes it sound like just like long and drawn out. It's like, like it, a drama. I feel like yeah, like a drama. Kind of like. Uh, I'm kind of thinking of a little bit of uh, the the mist, the right. mist. Yeah, uh, yes. Like, like it, it will have its moments, but for the most part, it's a drawn out drama. Right. The right. mist was dry. I didn't but even finish I just, watching. I just get that from the uh, like from watching the trailer, though. But the story, I mean, the uh, synopsis actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I was thinking about the mist while I was talking earlier, uh, but I the thought didn't come to my mind. Yeah, so yeah, you're perfectly right. Sounds like the mist. It also sounds like that there was this old novel. I don't remember it, uh, where the group of kids was stranded on the island and they all had to survive. And we've seen Lord stuff of like the that. Flies. That's the one, Lord. Wow, yeah, that's that's the one, yeah. <laughs> Lord of the Flies, yeah, <laughs> I, that's... I just know if I, if I heard you were describing it, I actually haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. I just, I just like Lord of the Flies. It does, it sounds like it's set yeah. in the post-apocalyptic world. And there is also a novel about rain that turns people i think it was a virus and it turns people into some type of violent zombie like person so i'm wondering if that's the scenario here at this film if the rain causes persons to die right there in a spot or do they become like a zombie or violent it doesn't say much well with it. the title like the rain you would think it would Exactly. Yes, yes. And when it comes to natural disaster type films and then when you put horror with it, in this case it's thriller. The mist was horror. This is thriller. But yeah, like you said, it opens the doors. It is the social commentary about pollution and man's uh, polluting our skies and stuff like that. And it causes virus. We never know. It's, it sounds interesting. But though. you know what? Yeah, stories like that are actually intriguing because like when you're watching uh, a series or a movie about pollution and stuff like that, it kind of makes you question your own government. Like, what are they hiding? These alien films about, like, alien captivity and everything. Like, wait a minute. Okay, then what is our government hiding from us? Lots you know? of things. Exactly. A lot of things. So, watching movies like this is actually intriguing. And, I mean, or movies or series, whatever, just, it's, like, really intriguing and it makes you wonder, like, Huh. What's mm-hmm. going on? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I just like watching the trip. It's like, yeah, okay, the dark government. I know they got something to do with the rain. They always got something to do with the rain. 
They have, yeah, of course. They control the rain. They control <clears throat> the weather. Yep. It's documented. But let's not get into that. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, why, that's, <laughs> that's why spring game. That's why spring game really officially here. Exactly. It's all <laughs> those chemtrails spraying in the sky. We gotta spray that sky. <laughs> yeah. You look up, it's sunny, and these planes are spraying. The next day is raining. Like, what the hell does this rain come from? Ah. And then the rain carries Yeah, why are we getting these snowstorms in the middle of April? Like, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> nah. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, the trailer, um, the story is definitely intriguing. And I actually, I, I, I'm going to wait for that one. Like, I can't wait, wait to watch it and see how it progresses. Exactly. And hopefully, as you stated, it's not dry. Oh. A little pun right there. Well, yeah, because I was like, Mind oh, blown. <laughs> 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 um, that's not the pun. But that's just like when watching the mist, it's kind of like, okay, it had its good parts. But so I'm like, man, this is like a drama. Like, this is like a drama. Like, what's going on here? Pick up. And, and that's... Like, that's the thing when it comes to series. Like, I guess that's one reason why I don't watch too many TV series. Like, I prefer movies because, okay, an hour and a half, two hours, that's great, you know? But then you got this idea that's stressed out over 10 episodes, four seasons, and after a while, you're just like, okay, this is ridiculous now. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, that's why season two never came about for The Mist. It just... You can't yeah. stretch. It's just, it got blown. It got, ah, boo, another pun. <laughs> uh. But, like, I mean, like, like the, the myth is concerned. It's like, it didn't show nothing that was in the myth. I mean, you saw a couple things. I'm like, okay, you see the butterflies, you see the leeches or whatever those were. Like, I feel like the film was much better because at least you saw all these weird creatures in the myth. You know, it, it got to the point of it. But with the series, it's like, okay, look, I'm trying to see all this part. I want to see what's in the mess now. What's in the <laughs> fucking mess? <laughs> like, you know, Give us the I'm creatures. Sorry, but, yeah, uh, when, when you when you're like looking at kind of like the rain, I'm just like, okay, what's with the rain? Like that's gonna be my whole thought while watching that series. Okay, well, what's, what's with the rain? <laughs> why is it called the rain? I want to know why it's called the rain. I don't care about who's sleeping with who. I don't care who has problems with who. I want to know about the rain. And we have to wait till May 4th to find out what is in the rain. That's next week. Oh, damn. It is? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are acting like this is far. It's like we by the we on the 29th of April. Wow. <laughs> Two more days and it's done. Wow. I think I thought it was next month. <laughs> <laughs> the night eats the world. Tu croyais que t'allais crever tranquillement. Dans ton sommeil, et il arrive. Ça. Y'a quelqu'un? I watched 
the trailer for The Night Eats the World, or in French, La Nuit Devore le Monde. And for me, oh boy, I tell you that for a second there, I thought I was watching a mix of 28 Days Later and Wreck. Why I say that? Well, in this movie, you have a guy that's all alone trying to battle the undead in a building in Paris where he locks himself up. So what you guys think, you know? Crazy. So here's the synopsis. After waking up in an apartment where only the night before a party was raging, Sam is forced to come to grips with reality. He is not alone and living dead and the living dead have invaded the streets of Paris. Petrified with fear, Sam is going to have a barricade. He's going to have to barricade himself inside the building and organize his survivor. But is he really the sole survivor? The director for this movie is Dominique Rocher. The writer is Pete Agamemnon and Jeremy Guest. And the stars are Anders Danielson Lee. Boshinte Faraha Farahani and Dennis Levant. This film will be released in BOD. Stay tuned for DK Mag for updates on the release date. So guys, yes, the trailer looks awesome. But for a second there, when I I was expecting to say hello. <laughs> like if it was 28 days later right it does it does it, it does look like a French version of 28 days later with wreck because you know wreck is inside of a secluded building right but this the, one is the same and th but this one is zombie wait so here's the thing now let's figure this shit out they say there's zombies right but mm -hmm. but they run mm -hmm. so these are the zombies from dawn of the dead they're not infected you see what i'm saying you Be have a little bit of everything no because first 28 days is not zombies they're infected because they don't eat uh, brains or anything like that but they it's the same concept yeah a guy waking up alone yeah but here we have zombies that are fast not infected and yeah it's a french version of 28 days later so stacy what before i weigh in my opinion what is your opinion here well i've never seen 28 days later what? Um, no way I've never seen 28 days oh i've never seen 28 days either though so um but i will say that the trailer did catch my attention um yeah, I I actually can't wait for this. So, hmm, it is definitely catch my attention. Yeah, I actually yeah, I'm just like, oh wow, because I'm watching this. Well, this is really good here. Well, you know, so, but yeah, I've never seen Twenty Eight Days. Uh, for me. For now me. that's gonna make you watch for me <clears throat> i mm -hmm. love 
French horror. I love yeah. French zombie films. I mean, Melde. <laughs> Melde. Oh my gosh. Le yeah. Horde. The Le... French are awesome. French, French horror is awesome. French horror is That's awesome. It's yeah. just wow. Yeah. But French zombie films is just wow. The number one film on my list, I recommend Le Horde or The Horde. Oh my gosh. That is like from beginning to end. Wow. Awesome shit right there. So, <laughs> I mean, you don't understand what the fuck they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know the curse words always stick so of that... course we know Merde shit <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but uh, this trailer even though it reminds me of 28 days weeks later whatever I'm watching this I love French horror I love French zombie films so I just want to see how much drama is in here yeah, I you think. Get away for the release. Yeah, oh, I'm looking forward to this. I don't understand one thing about this trailer, what they were saying, but hey, just the action alone, I, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoy it. It's good. It looks good. Downrange. The next trailer in our trailer first impression segment is Downrange 2018 thriller running 1 hour 30 minutes directed by Ruhel Kitamura which he also serves as co-writer alongside Joey O'Brien. The synopsis reads as follows, stranded at the side of the road after a tire blowout, a group of friends become targets for an enigmatic sniper. Uh, my opinions here is it. This film looks familiar. Uh, there's other films that I've seen that is almost the same thing, not quite the same context as a sniper uh, picking off a group of people. But there have other. There have been films which the antagonist is lurking in the shadows and he's picking up his victims one by one and the the victims don't know how to escape how to survive because they outsmarted outgunned outmuscled by the antagonist so the trailer doesn't say much to me it doesn't say much it's just the majority of the opening seconds of the trailer you're looking at a tree i don't know if the tree was the monster or not but i know there was somebody hiding there so that's why it was emphasized but I kind of swore the tree had an eyeball and it was looking at me. I, I, that's what I thought. So then I looked at the synopsis and said, okay, this is not a supernatural film. So something must be going on here. And here you go. You have these teenage people under fire, literally. Uh, I'm divided. I'm divided. As uh, Half of me wants to see it. And the other half would do a pass because it looks so familiar but Stacy, what is your opinion on this 
I'm excited for this. And I don't even know what excited me even more, if it was the actual trailer or if it was all of the, um, just all of the reviews saying how great it was. Oh, it's gory. And it's just, I'm like, oh, wow, that's just my interest. Gory and it's bloody and it's brutal. I'm just like, okay. So I don't know what, <laughs> what excited me even more that I'm ready to see some blood, guts, and gore or what, but... These kinds of films where people are just stranded in the middle of nowhere and they're being haunted and they don't know by who, by what, they just really don't know how to survive. I love films like that. Exactly. Because it's just such a mystery. It's so suspenseful. <coughs> you just like, what the heck? I mean, by the time you actually figure out what is going on, it's kind of like too late because you done lost half your, tr- half your crew. And now it's like two or three of you left to actually come up with a plan. Exactly. Well, I don't, I don't, you have the typical uh, slasher film cast with the with protagonists, and you only have one African American in the mix of an all Caucasian crew right there. So like, okay, wait a second. This is the. I feel like I'm watching a slasher film here. Like, who is going to die first? Hmm. I wonder who. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I feel like this. You can't really go wrong because the plot is so simple. Actually, like it really relies on the cast. Like, you have to have a great cast performance. You know, other than that, the plot is simple. It's it's not nothing that's like bizarre or anything like that. It's like okay. You're a bunch of teenagers stranded out in the middle of nowhere. You're being haunted by whoever. You know, act the part. Act the freaking part. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah. And then the rest is just like up to the story. It's like, oh my God, like they're just out there being haunted. And there's some maniac out there. So they don't know where this maniac is, where he's coming from. And he just has them barricaded. And it's like to be in the middle of nowhere and be barricaded like that is actually kind of freaking scary. It's really scary. You have all this open area, you know, you're, you're just in this open area, but you feel like confined because uh-huh. you don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, look at that. We're talking about symbolism and. Here, Stacy drops the symbolism in her open area, yeah, but they're confined. Open area, but you still can't go in there. You're still confined to that spot because you don't know which way is the right way to go. Like, he could be over there, he could be over there. You don't know. And any any move could be a wrong move, actually. Exactly. So it's, it's actually, it's mind-boggling what it is. It's, it's just like a mind-bender. Right. It's a psychological game. <clears throat> I want to know who the uh, killer is. Is he an ex-military guy? And if he is, then that opens up the social commentary on soldiers when they come back from war, that they're still fighting the war in their mind. So, or... And and his youth is just some, like, lunatic who really has no motive at all. It's just like, okay, here's a bunch of super teenagers. I think I'm gonna mess with them. Right, like the stranger. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's just a stupid usually. It's like, okay, what is this guy's deal? What? It, it, it's just usually some psycho who just feels like preying on people, usually. You know, and that's like, what is, why? Why do you? He's just like, like, feels like this. I've always watched this film, like, 
okay, well, what's your motive? Why are you taunting these people? Why are you preying on these people? You know, and there's really no motive at all. It's just like, hey, you come to the wrong territory. What can I say? Exactly. Well, what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you swayed me. So now instead of 50 50, I'm 60 40 now. It, it sounds interesting once we start delving into it and the psychosis, psychology behind the film. I still oh, say it's the same. They really give my blood away. They really, <laughs> like, I watched the film. I watched the kind of similar, not kind of like, what was it called? Um, Harness Park or something like that. Oh, right, right, yeah. You see? Right, yeah. right, see? I knew I was, I knew I've seen this film somewhere. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's a lot of films out here like this. Don't get me wrong, you know. But it's just like, when it comes down to the gist of it, just, it's just the concept of it. It's what's scary. It's like, okay, you're like driving and you just like, get stranded in the middle of nowhere you have all this open area but you know but then you also have this predator that's haunting you so you don't even know where to go even though you have all this open area but you're still confined to that space in that car or whatever because any move you make could be the wrong move exactly you know and the, and the and just because the predator could take you out at any time but he just wants to sit there and just mess with you but he can literally because he's hiding out there with this sniper rifle he can take you out anytime you want he's like just this game of cat and mouse i was about to say that cat and mouse but with the mind game yes yes <clears throat> it's a sadistic mind is what it is and that's how i feel like this really like gets me so intrigued now like okay even though we've seen this done a few times it's like okay now it's really a up to the task, like the actors have to just act the part, really. It's like so hard kid to beat. You're out here in the middle of nowhere, you're being haunted by some psycho out there. That's pretty much all it is. And even though it's something so simple like that, the acting still falls still falls by the wayside, unfortunately. Right, right. Well, as Anise, well, Anise is quiet. What is your opinion on this film, Anise? What, what, what? What do you think? Huh? Me, I just see a group of people trying to escape some from killing them. <laughs> and yeah, I just saw a funny part when the wheel was going down the street. To me, that was funny. I uh, see. Indeed, comprises the tough crowd. You're a tough crowd. You're the mm. tough crowd. Yeah, I could say that. And then when you really think that, it's, like, it's so funny because it's like, oh, it's like, this is so stupid. Your car just has to down in the middle of nowhere. What are the odds? Okay. We've seen this before. And then, but then when you just discover that you're just like being preyed upon, and you really have nowhere to go, you just have all this open area, but you still have nowhere to go because you're lunatic, just wants to screw with you, just for the sake of it, because he, you know, likes to see people, he likes to torture people and see people being tortured pretty much. And it's like, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I just but- they're like, oh, they're like, oh my god, what are you guys gonna do? Do something. And then by the time they finally come together, like, we need to come up with a plan. There's only two of them left. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, <laughs> well one, thing, one thing I say, I wouldn't be too surprised. You know, they already have the cast that, that resembles a typical slasher. I wouldn't be too surprised yeah. if no one has a working mobile phone. Like they could call the cops, say, oh, you know, that's that's, that's, that's it. Feels like this is all 
always like that. Like the last bar goes out, or they're in an area where there's no reception. No reception. I mean, because that would make it all too easy. It I mean, would make I, it all too easy. For once, don't do that cliche. For once, come on, you have T-Mobile and Sprint. They're everywhere. They're they're in the jungle. They have antennas everywhere. That should not happen but, in these days. But see, at the same time, but think about it at the same time, like if they made it that simple, there really wouldn't be a film because it's like, okay, hey, I have a phone. I can just call 911. Let's just stay in the car until the cops come or whoever comes. I mean, it's not AAA. And, you know, it's like there has to be, that's the thing. Like if they made, if they made it that simple, there really wouldn't be nothing to go off. You don't have a story. Uh-huh. So they gotta make it to where it's like so they cliche. have no chance of hope. <laughs> no, they have no hope. They have there's chances of survival are really slim. It's not it's a whole survival thing. You know, like the killer has a sniper rifle or whatever, and you have nothing. All you have to rely on is your wits, and you have to come together and think. It's one of those things. Yeah. You know, and if you have a working phone. You know, all you gotta do is just stay put. So the cops come. All you gotta do get a helicopter out of there. <laughs> I'm telling you, like you know, helicopter is something that is. It's like end of the end of the story. There's no story to go off. Oh, so of baby. course you gotta have a cliche like that. Like, oh well, I'm in the middle of nowhere. My car breaks down. I'm, but wait a minute, my phone still works. What? Let me call the oh. tow truck. Boom. <laughs> Yeah, let, let's be he'll be here in no time at all. Ex- uh, yeah, he'll be here <laughs> you know? 90 minutes when the movie's done. Exactly. <laughs> so don't let it be some rich kid, you know. Like, you, it's like, oh, my, my dad's president of the United States or whatever. Like, he'll be here. He got him. Don't worry. We, we got this. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Yeah, they gotta make it to where there's actually a story to go off of. Like, it can't be that simple. Right. So that's, I mean, I can just watch like these because it's really, uh, it, it really is a, a mind fuck. It's a mind fuck is what it is. Like, just the whole concept, no matter how many times it's been done, it's just the whole concept of it. Right. Yeah. And you there's know? pretty much no competition in this, in this type of movies. Because right. it's, it's, everybody does it in their own unique way. And then it's like, like movies like this can, like, you can, it, Actually, like, I also, like, movies like this, it's like, this is something that can be, like, real life. You can actually be, like, driving kind of, like, in some weird country or something, your car breaks down and everything, and then, next, you know, you're just, like, being haunted by some lunatic out there. Like, that's another thing I like about these kinds of movies, because it's not a far-fetched idea. Stephanie. What do you think? For the monster? Yes. Do you think it's strong enough to keep it out? Well, it's pretty good anyway. (laughs) Thanks. And the final segment for the trailer reviews segment is Stephanie, a one-hour, 26-minute drama fantasy horror that Bloomhouse was supposed to release in cinemas. 
but they quietly released it on VOD. I mean, so quietly that even the horror community didn't know it was out on DVD until the trailer came out. So look at the trailer. If you, we're gonna provide the trailer. The trailer's not even a trailer. It's a, a clip of, a, of the movie. So the director is Akiva Goldsman and Stephanie's written by Ben Collins with Luke Piokowski as screenplay writer. The synopsis reads, after a mysterious global crisis, a young girl is left alone to hide from a malevolent power that stalks her home. Her parents eventually return and the struggle begins to save their daughter. The film stars one of my favorite actors, Frank Grillo as the father, Anna Trove portrays the mother, and Stephanie's portrayed by Shri Brooks. I don't I can't really assess the trailer if it's not a trailer. It's a clip to the film. It doesn't say nothing at all. Frank Grillo is building something in his backyard. Uh, a girl walks up to him and starts talking to him about monsters and Frank Grillo goes back inside the house. Okay. What is this movie about? Why did the parents leave their child home alone? That just doesn't make sense. I'm not sure why Bloomhouse would release this film so quietly, especially Frank Grillo is a good actor. So why would they trash this movie like that? Straight to VOD. Is, has Frank Grillo become a B-movie actor? Well, first of all, why are there so many freaking restrictions in YouTube where I have to sign in so I could watch the video because it said it's restricted and make sure that I wasn't a minor when there's nothing scary about it. And you're right. The only thing I saw was your favorite actor. Yeah. Uh, Frank Grillo is a good, great actor, great actor, good action star. He's done horror. It's just mind-boggling why Bloomhouse would do this and just release this movie just like like if it was trash. Uh, uh, Stacy, what is your opinion on this? Uh, I agree. I I couldn't really get with the trailer because it doesn't show much. Um, but of course, me, I had to think more into it and say, well, maybe they did that on purpose to get you know, to get more suspicious minds. So it's like, watching the trailer, it's like, you want to know about Stephanie, who is Stephanie? You know, so that's probably you don't want to watch the film. But, like, you know, you go to the trailer to see if the, the movie has potential. And the trailer's just, like, no. Like, okay, well, um, and... During the whole trip, I'm just thinking like, what the heck is going on here? I don't, I don't get it. So, yeah, it's, it's it's, it, it doesn't really win, but I guess it's more so the title of the movie. It's like, okay, I want to know who Stephanie is and what's so special about Stephanie. Exactly. And looking at the poster, she's holding a teddy bear. <clears throat> she's in the dark. What is yeah. it? What's going on with her? 
why did the parents leave her if a mysterious global crisis wouldn't the parents take the child as well it's just so many questions here that is not revealed in the tr i mean don't even reveal it but tell me something about the movie is it a supernatural is it a creature is it her mind why did the parents leave what's going on outside why is he building a a, a very big fun house in his backyard i don't know i think she's the monster and he's building it to keep her inside that's another perspective yeah, yeah. because the trailer is kind of like subliminal in a way it's like that's what real is so like i kind of feel like they did that on purpose because it's like okay this trailer is subliminal like there's nothing much to this trailer but you just have to know, okay, what's going on here. <laughs> like, I, I think it's actually kind of smart. Kind of smart because in order to find out what the heck is going on, you have to watch the movie. That is also true. And it would have been better if Stephanie was released <clears throat> in cinemas as it was supposed to. I think that was the intention. But somewhere along the line, Bloomhouse said, nope not the cinemas we just gotta dump this straight to vod hey no don't say a word no no promos or nothing just just slip it into vod that's it you gotta find it in 299 bargain basement dvd store there you go it's just, it's just it doesn't make sense it's gonna be a hidden gem yeah it could be a hidden gem you never know like you never films know. like this yeah it's just like these kinds of films are always like the trailers are always phenomenal. I mean, just ah, uh, yeah, and all you really have to go on is like the synopsis and then watch the movie because, like these these kinds of films can go either way. They really can. Right. But yeah, I, I think it, it actually it is kind of smart that they did it like that because there's probably a lot of people out there like, okay, well. What's going on here? I, I I don't get it. I I you know. But then because so many questions come to mind, they're gonna end up watching the film. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sorry. It's like it's kind of smart. It really is kind of a smart, you know, promotional tactic in a sense. You know. But then you may have to be like, okay, this trailer is crap. Like next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true you uh, got a point there if they would have shown too much it would have been terrible yeah that's the thing you can't you got these shows i had that show way too much you just like oh i feel like i just watched the movie right and here we're not provided with nothing and we're complaining that hey what's going on yeah. here <laughs> well, well that's uh, what was so captivated for the night the world like it was such a short trailer and pretty much the point where it's like okay it, it was like in the in, in the middle of the spectrum like uh not much going on here but at the same time it's a lot going on here right and those type of trailers will intrigue persons such as myself yeah. that are very into french zombie movies and from oh, here the French are awesome. from here i am going to watch definitely gonna watch stephanie because i yeah. like i said frank grillo one of the one of my favorite actors he, he does good roles 
especially in the, the TV series. I, it was sad to see it go. Kingdom was a great uh, TV show. That was that was the only TV show I've watched, right? Huh? Yes. Yeah, right? Wow, that, that was so sad to see it go. And uh, of course, he's been in Beyond Skyline, which went straight to VOD. And before that, of course, everybody knows him from The Purge. whoop de doo But he's done other movies before that and after that. It, it's just sad that a film like this, you know, he did one VOD movie and now this one went to VOD. It's sad to see like somebody who's really talented in acting goes to VOD so quickly as opposed to somebody who had a long career like <clears throat> Nicolas Cage. That is terrible at acting and he had a long career in hollywood this just doesn't make sense but i'm gonna watch stephanie i like uh, it is drawing me in thank you for tuning in to dk mag podcast season seven episode seven my name is ken artuz your host founder for DK Mag and joining me this evening was Enid Artus, content contributor and don't forget to check us out in Google Music Stacey Cox, job correspondent we're on Stitcher be sure to rate and review DK Mag on Stitcher, rating and reviews and help us link and of course we're on Facebook Instagram Twitter, Pinterest yeah, I think I named them all this time. And of course, we are DK Mag, not DK Magazine, not DK or the word DK. Uh, yes, we are DK Mag, D-E-C-A-Y-M-A-G dot com. Thank you for tuning in.